Welcome one, welcome all to another developer interview here on the Xbox Expansion Pass. Today I am joined by Raymond Teo, founder of Secret Base, the studio behind Double Dragon Gaiden. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. Raymond, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Uh, I'm excited to talk about Double Dragon, Double Dragon Gaiden. Uh, I've been playing it quite a bit. Um, I have so many questions, but I first want to know a little bit about Secret Base, starting with where you're located, because right now you are staying up quite late to talk to me. Yes, uh, Secret Base. Uh, I, I'm actually located in Singapore, so mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we, we get uh, a lot of games coming coming from, from Singapore, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm one of the very few developers here. La. And uh, Secret Base uh, is mostly myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I for, for Double Dragon Gaiden, I'm working with my buddy Shen Yu, who's uh, working on the programming side of stuff. And I'm in charge of uh, all the other things from artwork, design, production management, you know, that kind. Uh, and of course, like, the game obviously isn't just made by two person, so it's a lot of other freelancers involved, right? But uh, uh, Secret Base is pretty much just 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 me. Just <laughs> you, man. That's in, that's incredible. A twelve hour time difference between uh, where I'm located and you. So you are you are uh, putting out just just a massive amounts of work. Is it tough to uh, develop a game and coordinate with with different contractors around the world, or are they all located near you? Um, no, and that's part of the reason why why I'm so awake at this hour, yeah. Mm. <laughs> because I, I I do work with uh uh freelancers from all over the world and all in different time zone. So mm -hmm. uh, in fact, a lot of them actually come from uh, uh opposite time zone from from where I am. <clears throat> you know, mm. and that's um yeah, that's that sort of uh, make it a little bit uh, harder to coordinate everybody. But then you sort of find a momentum and find a workflow for that. Gotcha. I can imagine. I can imagine for sure. Now, looking at Secret Base's uh, kind of portfolio there, you guys worked on uh, a title called Streets of Red. And in watching the trailer for Streets of Red, uh, it looks like a lot of the elements for that game kind of made its way into Double Dragon. Is, am I too far out of pocket for thinking that? Uh, no. A lot of experience were actually taken from Fist of Raid. I think that was one of my, that was the first beat em up that I did. Uh, mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, we experimented with a lot of structures uh, in, in that game. And that experience mm -hmm. carried over here, which allowed us to then uh, focus on some of the new innovation that we see here in this game, you know, rather than, because every time uh, you try to innovate on something, there's a lot of uh, trial and error, and you don't know how long it's going to take. You know, uh, this being a licensed game, usually that's a, uh, there's a timeline that's tied to it. So you got to, you know, make use of the lesson you have learned in the past and then like build upon it. Interesting. So, so what kind of lessons do you think you took from Streets of Red or, or any other game that you worked on and kind of made its way into Double Dragon? Well, uh, well a common theme in my game that I have designed uh, since quite, quite long ago has always been, you know, how to make a... a uh, arcade-ish game loop because I like to make games that have uh, that are based off retro games you know the kind of games that we play when we were kids you know mm -hmm. and I've done platformers in the past shooters you know things like that and 
uh, they always sort of have a, a arcade-ish uh, look around the game. So I've mm-hmm. always been exploring how players can actually um, uh, play the game repeatedly, but yet still still have fun and still eager to come back to play play more. Which I think was an important point for any games that have their roots in the arcade, because back then the games weren't super long, and you mm-hmm. would usually go back to them again and again, and then I spend another token or two, you know. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. so that's the 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 fundamental of a lot of the design ideas that that I I that was brought forward from one game to to the other and finally to to Double Dragon Gaiden. Gotcha. That makes good sense there. When you think about Double Dragon Gaiden, uh what would you say the elevator pitch is on the game uh that makes it special? Um, elevator pitch. I think uh, if I were to really string it down, I would say it's um Double Dragon with tag team elements mm-hmm. and high replayability. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the shortest I can go. That makes good sense because in playing Gaiden, uh, the tag team element to me feels super uni- super unique. Uh, kind of the Double Dragon legacy is to have two uh, two brothers kind of going through and other characters, but but two. But this tag element to me seems to make the game really. Uh, open up in, in a different way. Can you talk about the influences for bringing kind of that tag element uh, to combat? Because it's usable as a way of like knocking down enemies if, and uh, enhancing combat, I would say. Mm. <clears throat> so it's been a while since I first came up with the idea. So my memory mm-hmm. of the whole thing is a little bit jumbled up altogether, right? So can't really quite remember the timeline. <clears throat> but I do know that I was uh, at some point looking at... Um, how because I, I the, the whole idea of the game wasn't so much to take either one of the classic franchise uh, uh one of the classic game from the franchise to say okay this is the best one and then let's make a polished version of this you know mm-hmm. this is uh very much like uh, how can we reinterpret some of the elements from the game uh mm-hmm. obviously double dragon the name itself double has a double meaning right so how can we play with that and that sort of eventually allows me to get the idea of making it a tag team system. Uh, mm-hmm. It is also interesting to say that uh, Double Dragon 3 on the on the NES actually have a system where it allows you to pause the game and switch another character. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, the Double Dragon Advance, I think a lot of the hardcore Double Dragon fans uh, love that game. You know, um, And it also has this game mode where uh, it allows you to to play as two characters on the screen at the same time. And you press mm-hmm. a button and you switch from controlling Billy to Jimmy, and you press mm-hmm. a button and you switch again. But they are both existing on the screen at the same time. So that's sort of the, the roots over there. And mm-hmm. I feel that uh, that's something that we can play with. And there's already a established, long established design in versus fighter. So games like Double Dragon Fighter Z, or uh, Marvel versus Capcom, they have the tech mechanic, and that's a lot of interesting use there. How can we bring that into a bit them up? So it was quite a natural fit uh, once we start integrating into the game. 
it felt very natural. I, I totally agree. It felt very natural, especially when I was I found myself kind of gauging my meter. When is it smart to bring uh, the other player in and let the, the other one's health kind of regenerate and such? Um, but tied to to the tag element, at least to me, was the roguelite elements of like as I go through and beat a boss, I can get an upgrade for a character. And sometimes that upgrade might mean they heal faster or come back in and hit harder or knock down enemies. And I feel like you guys kind of linked the tag elements to, uh, I don't know if they're called, if you would think of them as skill trees, but but like the skill sets that you can build uh, for your tag characters. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, I think the tag mechanic, because it's, uh, it's very fundamental to the whole design. And it was one of the first thing that was presented in the pitch that we share with uh with Arc System Works uh when we first pitched the game. Uh, so when we start working on started working on it, um, that was one of the first system that we implemented. And when we work on everything else, it's always something that okay, let's let's see how we can tie it back to the tagging again. Is this something that that has some connection over there? If there is, then let's try to try to strengthen it. If that there isn't, is there some space where we can actually connect them together? And I think you will you'll see that in all the system in the game. Uh, very few system is is a standalone system. They mm -hmm. all interconnect with each other, and one one things always uh, uh, require you to consider the how how it works with something else. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you, especially given that you give the player from the outset uh, the the chance to decide which bosses or, or gangs they would like to take on first and as a result of beating them they're, they're pretty easy to beat on the first one the others strengthen themselves and prepare for for your attack on them and it gets progressively harder i made a terrible choice by the way in my path um and i am struggling with uh, uh with my final boss um but it that player choice really does seem to enhance what you talked about earlier uh that replayability element Yes, um, again, because like I say, um, but the other thing is also because like I myself is, um, uh, I, I do enjoy some beat them up that are a bit longer, but usually, you know, as we grow older, my, my playtime is limited to about two hours, you know, mm -hmm. or less. <clears throat> so I sort of uh, wanted to make a game that is like uh, fun for that, for that one session. Like today I have a bit of time, let's, let's play, play the game for a, a single session. So make it a little bit smaller, good for all the audience that we know, uh, Double Dragon fans are a little bit older by now. So um, we want to make it make shorter sessions at the same time that you can you can come back and play again and again, which is why uh, we have the, the idea of having the different routes that mm -hmm. when you when you play a single route, you don't actually see the whole game, you mm -hmm. want to choose another one, right? Uh, and also having the different characters that you can unlock and choose. And that also gives you a different combination of characters. So you want mm -hmm. to actually have the correct combination of characters to go in. And this combination might work well for this route, but it might not work as well on that route. You know, and then like play around with all that and explore and see what works best. You guys have, I believe, a total of 14 characters. Is that right? Uh, 13. 13. Okay, 13 characters. Um, do you have a favorite? Um, it's not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I create all of them, so it's a little bit hard for me to pick. It's like telling me to pick between my 13 babies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
but uh i think but that's i i think one of the good thing because i i spoke to a lot of uh a lot of players and everybody sort of tell me that they have different favorite characters uh mm-hmm. and each one of them argue that oh this character is is too strong you know mm-hmm. but everybody is talking about different character and then somebody mm-hmm. would say that uh for example billy is the weakest character and the other guy will say that billy is the strongest character and i think that's great because everybody finds something interesting about the characters that they like and that that tells me that uh, I've managed to make the character different and, and unique enough for people mm-hmm. to have a strong opinion about it, which I enjoy. <clears throat> That's cool. That's cool. Um, I'm so basic. I like the two standard starters. They're my <laughs> favorites. That's that's that was my uh, way to go. It's Billy and Jimmy. So yeah, yeah. I like them both. I like them both. <laughs> um, I'm curious. How long have you been working on Double Dragon Gaiden? Like, what was the development run for it? Uh, I. So we started right before the the actual development start right before the pandemic starts. So mm-hmm. I think that's uh about three and a half years for now. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, but before that we we pitch uh about a year before before we we started working on it. So during even during the pitch, I was already. <clears throat> Because we have to discuss with Arc System Works about the idea, what's good, what's not, what's our production plan, you know, things like that. So we're working on it, but not in a full capacity. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but the, the full capacity of working on it is about three, three and a half years. <clears throat> gotcha. I, I ask that because in recent years, we've seen, uh, to my liking, a wonderful surge of retro style beat-em-ups. Uh, from like compilations like the the Calabunga collection to uh, Shredder's Revenge for TMNT, Streets of Rage. Um, we've seen this kind of wonderful, I think, revival in those beat-em-ups, but in newer versions. And Double Dragon Gaiden fits right in alongside that. And it feels good and yet unique. And so I'm curious if uh, there was any... Uh, running parallel to that like was there any influence from those recent retro revivals or is it just coincidental because i feel like it's coming back in, in, in a lot of ways oh uh, i actually looking at the timeline so for for, for us you know the mm-hmm. <clears throat> by the time that we when we were pitching we didn't know that any of this project was going on right gotcha even, okay <laughs> even river city girls which uh was announced pretty early on when we started working on it uh, mm-hmm. We didn't know anything about it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It was also an IP owned by Arc System Works, you know, mm-hmm. and they have very close ties with Double Dragon. But I didn't know anything about it, so I was mm-hmm. quite surprised to see it. Uh, and quite honestly, because our ideas, for for starters, our ideas were were tied down pretty early during the pitching process, you know, mm-hmm. and also um, we were going in a very different route compared to the others. So I think the others sort of took the the, the approach where they take the the franchise and then make a mega polished version of that, you know, we on the other hand took the direction where we want to say let's take certain elements and reinterpret what that means, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then like try to innovate on on different aspect of it. So I think the the aspect the the approach is quite different. Uh, by the time we hear the news of, we hear the news the same time as everybody else when mm-hmm. when it was announced on YouTube or whatever. And most of the time, we were already so, uh, in so very much in the middle of our own process that mm. is very little that we can we can 
maneuver to, to suddenly change a direction. But we we did was we were at least able to see a lot of the players' reaction. You know what they mm-hmm. like and what they don't like, and we try our best to you know take some of those uh lesson learned from uh from players' feedback and all that kind of stuff. So a bit hard to 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 ch- yeah to change immediately and i think like a lot of people are under impression that uh that a game wouldn't take too long to make you know like mm-hmm. if, but that's not the case you know something like this it was already working all the, all the while uh behind the scenes while all those games are being released yeah gotcha mm-hmm. that, and that was kind of the core of my question too is you know mm-hmm. do, do, does it matter that those things are also in the work right in the works right um, and to see that Double Dragon is finding success as well as these other games shows there's a genuine interest in the genre, which makes me uh, really excited. Now, you are working with an IP that is established. Double Dragon's been around for a long time. Lots of attempted revivals, lots of uh, uh, sequels and such. Double Dragon Gaiden has a unique style with its tag uh, elements, with its roguelike elements, but it's also got, to me, a really cool visual style. Uh, that I think makes it stand out, even amongst these these newer retro beat 'em ups. Um, can you talk a little bit about the art design that you guys settled on, and uh, you know what what other art styles you guys might have tried out at first? Mm, the art style got, uh, of course, it got a lot to do with my personal art style. You know, mm-hmm. so I've always uh, explored uh, a similar style. Uh, at one point, there, there is uh, <clears throat> I was uh, experimenting on on different mockups. I did mockups of uh, <clears throat> Avenger beat Avengers beat them up. I did a mockup with uh, Golden Axe beat them up. You know, mm-hmm. this this was just me having time and playing around with it. I think it's that's twenty fifteen mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, <clears throat> uh, so and if you if you search on the internet, you will see it and it's shared a similar DNA there. <clears throat> So I feel uh, like I've my, seen some of those mock-ups now that you're saying that. I feel like I saw some of those screenshots. I will send you, send you an example after after this. Cool. <laughs> but um but yeah, like I was saying, like uh, it, it got a lot to do with my own personal style. But at the same time, I was uh you know, during my research, I was looking at uh uh some of the games that from from the franchise that inspired that that I enjoy, right, as as a kid. And Double Dragon 2 was the one that stand out to me most on the NES. You know, mm. so uh, it is the I think the the NES visuals is a little bit more, uh, the proportion is is not as well defined as the arcade version. You know, mm. on top of that, uh, there was also the there was this game Combat Tribe that was also by the original uh, techno techno team. I don't think they were the same guys that did Double Dragon, but it mm. has a Double Dragon DNA to it. And you can so I always imagine that uh, if uh, the team were to make Double Dragon Three for the arcade themselves. Mm-hmm. That would be the visuals that they go for. And if you are familiar with that game, you can sort of see the similarity in their approach and and, and mine. Uh, eventually, the the arcade version of Double Dragon Three was actually being outsourced, and it had a very different art style compared to the rest of the franchise. You know, so mm-hmm. I thought for myself, this is a, a good time for me to to try try something uh in 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 that proportion or or, or visual styling um, apart from that apart from that there was also the idea that we wanted to create 13 characters and each mm-hmm. one of them is going to be unique 
So we couldn't make the characters super detailed. Uh, we went with the approach where we simplify the characters a little bit, but we, we make them more highly animated. <clears throat> and on top of that, um, the, the, it allow us to, to experiment much more with the abilities of the characters, which means we can afford to animate a lot of different moves, we put it into the game, and then we try which one is fun. You know, and the one that's not fun, we, we can remove it and we keep only the one that are fun. So it also got to do a lot with the design and the production aspect of things. Yeah. So if I make a character that's like super detailed, your 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 courage to trial and error is much less mm. because everything that is wrong, you really struggle if you say like uh, let's let's just go along with it. You know, like but we don't have to do that here. We are able to like quickly quickly iterate and, and improve. That, that makes good sense. And uh, there's a visual flair, I think, to Double Dragon Gaiden that makes it special from when you hit character when you hit with some characters, you see like the words blam pop up uh, or, or like there's a little like air effect when they hit the ground. Like those little details to me seem to make the game a lot more uh, surreal. Um, you also guys, you, you made a choice to do things like have the life bars uh, on the characters uh, and play with some of the special moves here and there. And I, to me, that's fun and, and interesting. Did you toy around with like different visual representations to show damage or, or special moves or things like that? Um, we, we tried the more traditional method where, the, mm -hmm. where we keep the, 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 the gameplay area as clean as possible without mm -hmm. HUD, without HUD. Uh, uh, and that's where we started with. During the playtest, we we start to see how much player actually understand. So it's a little bit hard for the players, you know, especially the more the younger players to actually follow the game because they don't have that uh, they don't have that experience in the past where you know they play this kind of uh, genres of games. So, uh, but then there's also other reason, for example, things like, uh, so we have these little upgrades that you can purchase and we say is that, oh, your, your strength increased by 50% mm -hmm. and you don't see a number and you just don't understand how, how it have, uh, helped, helped you, you know, and you don't feel that it's, it's a worthy purchase. So small things like this eventually help us realize that, uh, okay, we need some more information and. So that the player is not struggling con constantly to look up on on the screen to, mm -hmm. to try to figure out what's going on you know small things like that but uh also on the other hand you mentioned about the, the little text that 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 shows bam when yeah. you shoot somebody right so we wanted to give the game a little bit of a manga feel you know mm -hmm. so uh because I remember, like uh, there were there were some booklets that comes with the. I think it was in within the instruction menu when you purchase like Double Dragon, three especially, <clears throat> and then there was this little manga booklet which which I like. You know, so I sort of feel that oh, it would be great that if we can go this direction where Double Dragon sort of have sort of have a more manga tie-in look to it. You know, so we experiment with it a little bit, and you can see that the mission select. It's also sort of a bit of a manga panel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gotcha. That's, that's really cool. And and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're able to watch the trailer and B-roll guys. You can see what I'm talking about. There's a lot of really cool detail uh, in that that to me is is just 
it makes it more immersive and helps it set itself apart from these other very fun retro beat em up styles, uh, which which is neat. Um, I don't know what I want to ask with this specifically, so I'll let you interpret it. But sound design is, I think, very important in games uh, and in beat em ups. There's this meaty, fun, like hit sound that you guys have in there. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the sound design in Double, Dra- Double Dragon. So for the sound design, I will say that, so remember I mentioned just now, uh, I'm working with my buddy Shen Yu, who's the programmer. Mm-hmm. I guess that's not completely true because he is also the one that's working on a lot of the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's, uh, he's working on the programming aspect of stuff for this game, but he's mm-hmm. a very experienced game, game developer. He's a, uh, he mm-hmm. do everything uh, from from game design artwork to programming it's just that mm-hmm. this time around he's taking a bit of a backseat to focus just on the programming but mm-hmm. at the same time uh, whenever necessary he he does the the sound effect and i think he really came up with a lot of the crunchy you know mealy punches that everybody is loving so mm-hmm. i think I think it's amazing, and I think it's also uh, interesting that that uh, Shen Yu on on the side of his very busy schedule just throws something out, but then it mm-hmm. seems to work so so well. Gotcha. Well, it's it certainly is additive to the game. It really does make it enjoyable. Um, you guys are the, the game is out now. It's on PlayStation. It's on PC. It's on Xbox uh, One and and Series SX. It's on Switch. Is it? impactful to development to prep for that many systems uh or was that always the vision did it end up that way is that something you worked on or a port studio worked on um it does need a lot of uh uh i think when we were working on it we we were quite aware you know that uh we need to deliver the game on all these different platforms and before a certain timeline. So because, uh, again, because this is a licensed game, uh, from the very beginning, we know that we need to launch a game before a certain date. You know? so, so when we were working on it, we were already very aware. Again, uh, it was uh, Shen Yu's experience. So he know, you know how we can structure it and that all the things that we need to look out for when you try to bring a game to all these different platforms. Uh, so very early on when we were working on it, we were already taking steps. Uh, apart from that, we also had the help of, uh, uh, <clears throat> so we, we mostly work on the game ourselves on the on mm-hmm. the first uh, two, two and a half years. Sorry, maybe two and a half years to about three years, we work on the project ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Then the game is almost done. And then we we came to Modus, uh, our publisher, to, to help us with, with uh, marketing the game, getting mm-hmm. QA, and then uh, also finding a potting house um, mm-hmm. to to help with with the work. And the potting house is uh, our close friend uh, Jason from Initories Games, uh, mm-hmm. and they are the one that has been working on uh, a lot of the different ports. That uh, and it is also you know again another studio in a in a different country that I have to work with. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks to their experience, that makes things so much easier and allow us to focus on the game. Because as developers, you want to focus on the gameplay stuff and have somebody mm-hmm. else take care of the, the, the porting, the controller setup, the leaderboards and stuff like that. So that was good. That, that really helps the help us get the game out in a good quality 
you know, on time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that would make good sense. Um, one of the things I really want to celebrate with Double Dragon is one, there, there's couch co-op plays so people can play together, but also you guys have these really cool sliders that will help you change your experience and difficulty uh, so that a player can try something out, find out they uh, like or don't like something and adjust it according to those sliders. Can you talk a little bit about that player choice that you guys have ha- have in your game now with difficulty yes, um, and such? Yeah, that's the, I think we call it the new game modifier. So it's something that you adjust before the before starting each, each run of a game. And it allows you to change, adjust different aspects of the difficulty. And whenever you make something harder, uh, the game actually allows you to get more rewards at the end of the session. So what happens mm-hmm. is that uh, throughout the whole game, uh, you, based on your performance, you actually earn cash, you know, and that mm-hmm. cash can be exchanged into token, which you use us to, to unlock characters, you know. So by adjusting the sliders, uh, you know, like uh, the more difficult you make the game, the easier it is for you to exchange your, your cash into tokens. And I think that really helps uh, in quite a few different aspects because like uh, players that, that, well, players that feel Night. that, uh, <laughs> blackout. Players that feel that the game is too difficult on certain aspects, they can adjust it, you know. And I think like a lot of players will be playing with their kids, you know, mm-hmm. or the kids will be playing by themselves, you know. The dad might, the dad and mom might not be around to play with that, so they can they can adjust, they can uh, they can they can adjust difficulty, and they can slowly tune things up as they as they learn and get better at it. Because the game allows you to unlock different characters and have mm-hmm. different runs, and that allows you to go deeper and deeper into the system. So I think like uh, even for a lot of my, uh, a lot of the hardcore gamers, they have come to me and tell me that they have been playing the games for, so each session is about two hours, but people have been mm-hmm. playing it for like 20 hours, 30 hours. And I think mm-hmm. the longest one so far I've heard is like 40 hours, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I think like they, they're really experimenting with with that system to see like which is the perfect combination. And those people that has gone so far into it, they're just like pushing everything to the hardest and then just play it repeatedly. I think that's that's amazing. It's wild to me because in my mind, those sliders are great for the dad and mom that love beat-em-ups growing up and now they want to play with their kids. And then on the other end of that, there are those people that are 40 hours in. They want the hardest thing possible. Um, And I struggle with the basic run of if I choose the boss in the wrong order. And these guys are hardcore going for it. Um, that's, That's so cool. I have a final question for you, and it's a mean question. It's a mean okay. one, Raymond. Uh, are you happy with it now that it's out now? Uh, am I happy with it? I think the reality of it being out hasn't struck me yet. It gotcha. has only been a few days. I'm still busy looking at the game, you know, trying to trying to see like what people like and dislike, and then like, okay, what can I find you? How can I improve? So mm-hmm. I think like. I haven't had my break yet <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. and I'm still struggling to find time. And I guess one day when, when I'm like, uh, not working on it for a few hours and then like, uh, drinking my tea, I was suddenly realized that, Hey, the game, the game is out there, you know, and then I can, I can finally look at it as what it is. Fantastic. 
Fantastic. Well, I'm I'm so happy for you guys uh, at Secret Base, you and your friend. Uh, I'm happy for Modus to, to get this game out there. I so enjoy it. Um, it's been such a good time playing with it uh, and seeing it stand on its own while also next to some of these other retro beat-em-ups that are, are just enjoying a resurgence. So congratulations to you uh, and to your team. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like listeners to know about? Uh... Not really, except that the game is already out there. And if you haven't given it a shot, you know, I hope you uh, maybe check out some of the videos, you know, uh, see what uh, some of the others that have been playing it, uh, what they like about it. And if there's something that you like, then give it a shot. There we go. Uh, Raymond Teo, uh, Secret Base. Double Dragon Guide and Rise of the Dragons. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks again for having me. <laughs>